Hello, everyone. I'm Sonia Bierson, and today is a very important day for LionShare. It's a day we've been waiting for for more than a year. Our founder and president, Dave Beering's new book, The Great Opportunity, Making Disciples of Jesus in Every Vocation, is now available at your local bookstore and online at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Today, we revisit a popular episode from season two at the end of last year called 2020 Was Hard, 2021 Is Your Great Opportunity. Listen, be challenged, be encouraged, and be inspired. Welcome to Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God, a production of Lion Share, a ministry that aims to co-mission with Jesus in making disciples of all nations. We ignite and provide resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. In our world today, there is more information available than at any time in history, but wisdom is in short supply. In this podcast, you'll hear how learning about the character and ways of God is a guide to wisdom. Hi, I'm Sonia Bierson, and welcome to our podcast. This is a podcast from Lion Share, and I'm speaking today with Dave Beering, who is our founder and president, someone who has been a pastor, a missionary, who has walked alongside leaders, and most importantly, at least to me, the head of Lion Share, who has made a huge impact on my life. And and this season, you've been hearing about us talking about Dave's new book, The Great Opportunity, Making Disciples of Jesus in Every Vocation. And we've been talking about, does God care about my job, why he cares about my job, how we should think about our work as a vocation, something that combines our work and part of our calling. We talked about being salt and light at work. We talked about some differences between mentoring, coaching, and disciple making, and how every field of work that we do is rooted in who God is. So if you haven't heard most of season two, go back and and take a listen to that because that provides the foundation of what we've been talking about. Tell me about why you wanted to name this book, The Great Opportunity. So a little phrase that's been humming in my head goes like this. When what God is doing in the world intersects with our obedience to him, we have a great opportunity. And I think God has been up to a lot of things in the world, uh, particularly over these last 12 months. If you just stop and think about um, a year ago at this time, what was going on in your world versus what has gone on in your world in the last 12 months, it's been rough. I don't know anybody that I've spoken to that just said 2020 will be noted as my best year ever. And so with those kinds of difficulties, we can either just look at them through negative lenses and through all the bad and all that's there, or we can step back and realize that God is up to something. He's been shaking the core of our lives. He's been shaking his bride, the church. He's been dealing with idols in society. He's been um, uprooting problem areas that we can begin to get better aligned to truth. All these things. Well, one of the things we need to realize and why we called it the great opportunity, which, by the way, was a an idea that came out of our lion share team and board together that Morgan James, our publisher, agreed with, loved the title. But the reason it's the great opportunity is because it's, it's, it's this window of time we have as followers of Jesus to be more deliberate about influencing people within our vocations 
to reflect God. Now, I'm not talking about people that don't know the Lord, but people that you know who love Jesus, who serve in your vocation, maybe not in your same local job expression of your vocation, but they work in that same field. Have you ever looked to see how their journeys with Jesus are doing? Because you see, we all have this opportunity to come alongside and grow people in the Lord. And as you grow them in the Lord, you can help them look at their vocation through the lens of calling, that this isn't accidental, that they've been wired, gifted, skilled, developed to be able to be really good at what they do. But look, if you're really good at what you do, but you have a really bad attitude, it doesn't get too far, does it? Or if you're exceptionally skilled, but you are horrible at relating well to people, you need to be discipled in how to be a good relator so that you can take things further down the road. So for me, Sonia, with all that's going on, I, I've I've dealt with sadness with walking with people in this uh, season of time and all the different challenges we've had. But I got to tell you, I feel like we have a window that's a very unique opportunity in time right now that we need to take advantage to be more deliberate in our disciple-making, particularly in our vocations. So many things have been said about about the year 2020. We can talk about all the things that went wrong, all mm. the things that we've had to grieve, all the things that we missed out mm-hmm. on, all the things we couldn't do, mm-hmm. and the struggle of juggling so many things, You know, particularly if you have kids at home who are doing distance learning, you know, not being able to take part mm-hmm. in the life and community of your church, you know, the mm-hmm. list goes on and on. Yeah. You know, the, the the polarization and the frustration of of politics and not feeling like any of that is resolved. Taking that moment for me of remembering what I am thankful for definitely gives a paradigm shift. But then taking that the next step is what I think you're saying. Let's take that to the next step. And instead of feeling helpless and hopeless, there is something we can do. This is another paradigm shift. When you feel helpless and hopeless, there is something you can do. And that is the great opportunity. Now, let me ask you this, Dave. What are the excuses you hear from people who say, ah, making disciples of Jesus in every vocation. I I can't do that. I'm, I'm not Jesus. I don't want to act like I have all the answers. I don't know how to. Why would anyone listen to me? Um, I don't have enough time, right? S- stop talking to me about making disciple makers. We, we had an episode on that. But mm-hmm. what are the excuses you hear for not doing this? Yeah, you know, I I hear things like time, and I get that. I wrestle with that too, and and I'm trying to continue to to manage my time really well, and and base it out of kingdom values. See, that's one of the things I think we can miss is we we just let time really be the the overlord of our lives, rather than being able to say, hey, time's here to serve me, and so what am I going to do with it? Like for example, and again. In the things that Sonia and I are sharing, we're just sharing heart and we're just sharing ideas and thoughts. We don't want anybody to feel condemned or I didn't do it or I screwed up. That's not the spirit of this at all. It's just to sow some seeds of what you can do moving forward. Okay, So just let go what you did or didn't do in the past, but moving forward. But for example, one of the opportunities that many parents had during uh, this pandemic is to spend more time with their kids. And so was that viewed initially as, oh my gosh, I just don't have time. How am I going to, or, or 
Was there a pause in realizing, okay, Lord, thank you that you're giving more time, and I know it's not going to be a forever, so what can I invest of the things of God in them during this time? Because this window is going to lift at some point. But did you take advantage of the opportunity? And if you didn't, up to this point, let it go, but say, what can I do between now and when things maybe return to, quote, normal? All right. Um, I hear excuses not only of time, but I hear excuses of, like you just said, well, I don't know what to do. There's a great organization I know. It's called Lionshare. We can help you learn how to do this. And it's not meant, it's not meant to be hard. You know, you might say, well, isn't that job for a pastor, somebody that's more spiritually qualified? Look, all you got to do is be a step ahead to be a disciple maker. Okay? So think about it. The disciples of Jesus, who spent three years with him, they had never discipled before, but they were one step ahead. And so when they all of a sudden had new people coming to Jesus, Jesus encouraged them, go for it, make disciples. And I want to encourage you to do the same. That's another excuse that we have, is I don't have the time. I, I don't know what to do. And if you don't have all the answers, can I just say this to you? Join the club. Neither do I. And sometimes when someone asks me something, I will just say, you know what? I don't really know. But I promise you between now and we're together next time, I will think about that. I'll do some homework on it. I'll get some counsel on it. I'll pray about it. I'll have something for you then. So so don't let that, don't let that take you out. All right. If you love Jesus and you're willing to obey what it means to be not only a disciple, but to become a disciple maker, he will empower you. He will equip you. And there's organizations like Lionshare around that can give you a hand. And I think this time where we are going small instead of going big, meaning corporate worship, Mm. this is also a great opportunity to start working one-on-one, living life one-on-two, you know, kind of the, even the small group idea. This is a time for that to be raised up mm-hmm. as as a priority. And, you know, when you were talking about, I don't have enough time, you know, I hear that from people too. Mm-hmm. And depending on my relationship, my, my relational currency with that person, kind of how honest I can be because of how well I know them. One of the things I share is, I heard someone sp- speak about the attention economy. So in the past, you know, people were trying to get you to spend money on X, Y, or Z. And right now, it's the attention economy. They're trying to keep your eyeballs on them. And them could be social media. It could be Netflix. You know, there, there's all kinds of things that are trying to take your time because your time is a great resource. Mm-hmm. And if you take away your eyeball from some of these attention economy things you actually have more time than you think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when, when I think about that, that's one of the things I'm, I, I would be willing to say to someone who I have deep relationship with. Uh, if I don't, then, then I feel like they would take it wrongly, that, that there would be you know, judgment or condemnation in that. But, but I just wanted to throw that out there because I think busyness is an easy out for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, let's talk about kind of like what would be a first step for people who say, okay, I'm willing to dip my toe in this idea of discipling someone, mentoring someone using 
the ways of God, the character of God, tying things back to scripture? What would be a good first step for someone to use in in with this book? Begin to go through it on your own so that you can see what's there, but be thinking about people as you read through it who you know could grow from this. So begin to pray, Lord, show me people in my life that I could walk through this with. And then begin to look at those where you tend to have influence in your life. We often like to quote a, a little something from a friend of mine, David Shirk, when he, he asked me many, many years ago, in whose ears are my words big? Let me say that again. In whose ears are my words big? In other words, you have influence in their life. And so begin to think about those people in your life who you see could, could use this and where your words are big in their ears. And then look at people that are willing to be um, fast. It's an acronym that's easy for me to remember. It's just people who are faithful. They're available. In other words, they'll make this a priority on their calendars. They're servant-hearted, meaning whatever you give them, they're going to be faithful to pass that on to other people as well. And they're teachable. They have a good attitude of learning, all right, a humility that comes with who they are. And find people like that and invite them to maybe do this over 10 or 12 weeks. Look, there's there's 10 chapters in the book. They're easy, easy reading chapters. And so imagine reading a chapter a week and then you get together and you talk about it. There's three application questions we built into the end of each chapter. So it's all right there for you. Or I was telling Sonia, I, I might do something like over 12 weeks at some point in time where the first week is all just kind of get to know you a bit. And then I do a chapter a week and then I close it out by doing something that you might find a little bit different, but maybe meaningful. If, if you've been in church life for any time, you always see there's a group of people. Usually it's a, a somebody going on a missions trip or or being sent out as missionaries, and we get them up front, and people do a biblical thing called laying hands on them, which means kind of identifying with them and praying blessing over them. And we commission them in the name of Jesus to go to that mission field. Well, the 12th week for me would be about commissioning each other in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to go represent Him within your vocation, not just as salt and light, as those that let people see Jesus through their life, but but people who make disciples within their vocation. In other words, they find other believers who aren't maybe as far along in the Lord as they are, and they begin to grow them spiritually and living out their vocation through a lens of how to be a godly person in your vocation. That, that might be a starting point. Yeah, another starting point for me would be to start a small group at your church, or maybe even a small group with People you know mm-hmm. who are spend a lot of time at work who haven't been able to kind of fit into a typical paradigm of of what discipleship might look like. You know, even if you don't know someone in whose ears your words are great, uh, even if you haven't kind of tested if somebody is faithful, available, servant-hearted, and what was the third? What was the fourth one? Teachable. Dave? Teachable. Mm-hmm. Even if you haven't found that. Even just as an act of faith, stepping out and saying, okay, I'm going to start a small group, God, and I'm going to need your help. I want you to bring the right people. I want you to be the one who facilitates this, and, and I'm, I'm just the, the vessel for doing that. I can't think of a pastor, and, and Dave, you, you've been mm-hmm. a pastor for decades. I can't think of a pastor who would say, 
No, I, I don't think you should start a small group about discipleship. I, I don't think you should start a small group about why God cares about your job. Like, no, we, we got enough small group leaders. I, I can't think of a church where somebody said, yeah, we have enough small group leaders. We don't, we don't need anybody to lead a small group. Right? Ask your youth group pastor. Is there is there someone who in your young adult ministry or in your youth group, you know, that that would be interested in something like this? I, I think youth pastors and young adult pastors, they know who are the hungry ones in their bunch. And if you offer to start going through this with someone, it's a tool, right? You're not expected to have all the answers. It's a tool to begin having these discussions. And I actually had a a discussion with a young lady who's in high school, and we talked about this podcast. We, We talked about some of the topics in this podcast based on frustrations she's having as a Christian in high school, noticing that other Christians who go to her own youth group are not living it out at school. (laughs) And sometimes that just kind of not just disappoints her and frustrates her, but it kind of makes her say, well, you know, is this true? Why why am I even a part of this if, if it doesn't really work out in people's lives? Why do I feel so attacked? because I don't hold some of the same views as other people. And so I said, hey, you know what? Go back and listen to this podcast episode, not not just because I hosted it, but go back and listen to it. And then let's have a discussion about this. What would that look like in your life if you demonstrated humility? What would it look like in your life if you actively guarded your heart? And And we, that's not even a book club. That's a that's a podcast club. Maybe we should plug the plug that. <laughs> it's a podcast club. There is a hunger out there and it doesn't have to be super formal. We now have technology to help us t- to do this. And like I said before, in the context of a pandemic, in the context of busyness, this can be done over the phone. This can be done over, you know, online uh, products like Zoom or WebEx this is something, if there's a desire, you can make it happen. If there's a, a, a will on your part to, to do this, the, the barriers are not high. The barriers are not high. And I say this in love. I say this not out of condemnation. I say this because someone took the time with me. I take this seriously because I have learned so much by taking the time with others. And some of them were in my vocational field, some of them haven't. But these truths are, 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 they're universal. Even beginning this conversation about how your work can be part of your calling, when, when you've spoken about that in, in formal settings, maybe even as a sermon, what kind of feedback are you getting from people when you, when you put these ideas out there and you kind of connect the dots? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, people are hungry to know their purpose, why they, why they exist, why they're here. And, you know, when you, when you look at why God has you here, because he loves you so much, why when you gave your life to Jesus, didn't he just snatch you up and take you home? It's because there's a purpose that we have. And you have been called by God to fulfill the purpose for your life. And when we talk about calling, oftentimes it awakens within people something where they've just been doing the drudgery of 
nine to five just so I can get paid, but there's no purpose. And I just want to encourage you that there is great purpose. You've been born for such a time as this, and that time is right now. And I believe that that uh, like people who hear this oftentimes respond, there's a, a rising up inside of them to learn more and to get aligned. You see, there's a world out there that desperately needs Jesus right now. And one of the best ways we can bring the world Jesus is by us who are followers of Jesus looking more like him in our words our attitudes, our actions, the way we serve. Like, I, I want to hear more employer, employers say about followers of Jesus that work for them. If I just had a whole lot more like you, we'd be much better off. I, I want to see us lead the way in reproducing. There are so many sectors of society that do mentoring and pass things on from older to younger or further along from not as far along. And as the church, we're lagging behind. But I want to challenge you. Don't don't just let this year end without you knowing a way going into 2021 that you can make a real difference in your relationships and in your vocation. The world can look better. I know it feels like it's going to hell in a handbasket at times. That's up to God, his timing on when he comes back and all that stuff. But as for you and me, the Bible says that we should be about his business until he comes. So I want to encourage you. Be about his business until he comes. And as you all have probably heard, encourage, right, means to put courage in you. So consider this a a, a plea, but also a call to action, a call to action. We've been using this season to talk to you about why these things matter. Now we are encouraging you to take that first step. And obviously, you need to do this prayerfully. And, and make sure that you have the grace to do it. That's something that Dave often says to me is when you're praying, when you're trying to make a decision, make sure you have the grace to do it. And, and God will grant you that grace. Well, thank you all for listening. Thanks, Dave, for sharing your heart. I think you all can hear in our voices. This is something we're passionate about. That's the reason that Lion Share exists is to encourage discipleship. And especially right now, what we're focusing on is discipling people in your vocation to see your work as more than just a job. Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God is a production of LionShare, a ministry that ignites and provides resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. To learn more about what we do and how we can help you, please visit lionshare.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. 